Hello, everybody, and welcome to another DNE podcast episode. Yes, this is Eamon. <laughs> yes, this is Daniel, I guess. Yeah, no. <laughs> welcome to another DNE podcast. <laughs> what episode is it? <laughs> oh, jeez, I don't know. 32. Episode Eamon. I believe. 32. <laughs> All right. Yes. Sorry, did I catch you off guard? <laughs> I was expecting you to say another DNE podcast episode, yeah. So, ah, damn, I'm sorry. I know, I know, yeah. I know. Been nitpicky, huh? And see, also, I'm not yelling because I don't know how loud. <laughs> yeah, no, we don't know how this loud this is gonna to be. be. <laughs> this would be interesting. At least we won't be quiet. We won't be super quiet. What are you knocking stuff over for? I'm just getting comfortable. Getting comfy. Getting comfy. Yeah. All right. So before mm. we fire this up, I was gonna explain the child in a lake theory thought experiment whatever you want to call it uh-huh. yeah what are you what are you laughing at nothing going <laughs> this is a name <laughs> so it's this idea that say you're walking past a lake and you mm. see a kid drowning mm-hmm. you have this urge to help and even if you don't there's like a stigma that you're a bad person if you don't help mm-hmm. right you're capable kid drowning right there so mm-hmm. and as the idea goes is what distance, so say you're right beside the lake, what if you're 10 meters away from the lake, 50 meters, 100, a kilometer? Like at what point does that child drowning become no longer part of your concern? It kind of speaks to... What would you do? I'm not sure what it, what, what it is for me. Because like I'd run towards it regardless of how far I am, even if I just have to watch someone else save the child. I guess, but like the, yeah, it, I think it just speaks to all the mishaps going on in the world that we're not addressing. I'm unsure where you're going with it. Kind of like a. Clearly, we don't act on a lot of child drowning scenarios but i get it i i i I, as soon as you said it i thought of like someone breaks down the middle like on the side of the road and you drive past and you're like damn i really could have i can come back but you just keep driving (laughs) yeah okay like i've done that multiple times like this idea of someone else will help yes well no it's just more like the idea i should help and then you just don't and then you just forget about it Kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think the child drowning is like a, a step up from that. But... um, Yeah, I think it's just to highlight the point that <clears throat> distance shouldn't matter. Yet. Mm. Somehow it does. It or, doesn't really, though. Like, I don't know who... Not that... Yeah. Like, I know some people would just walk off, but I... I can't fathom someone doing it, if that makes sense. I would just, like, out of natural spite, at least come closer, you know? Yeah. I think in the thought experiment, yeah, it's like the distance doesn't and shouldn't matter. Mm. It's just interesting that people are suffering and because we cannot see it... Mm. 
it's just because there's heaps of distance. I don't know. I just thought it was. I just thought it was a fun. It's cool. We can keep building on it. I'm, I'm just yeah. listening to what you're saying. <laughs> I f- I find that interesting. I know I would like personally do something about it, just like from prior experience on such things. Um, for example, when I was younger, walking beside a house, there's clearly like a domestic happening. I stop, call the cops walk off yeah you know there's not much more i can do i'm not gonna as a child go in a domestic but like yeah um if a child was drowning (laughs) i'd be like quick smart at least come closer to see if someone else would come to the child before me but that's just because it's an extreme though but like i feel like what really contrasts it is the smaller things that people wouldn't do for example, someone breaking down the side of the road, they could be like on a real pickle and no one would stop. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that stopping on the way to is a is a good example because it probably the thought experiment is probably supposed to highlight inconvenience to you versus doing the right thing. I see. We can build on that child. Let's let's <laughs> On, on the child yeah. experiment. You, yeah. you called it a child no, no, on a lake I, at my, the beginning, okay? My, my, <laughs> my, my, my brain just says build on the child and we, I'm like, whoa. We, we can build on it. Like, let's say you're yeah. busy, right? And you like, you need to get to work or something. You're late to work or to an interview. Yeah. And then you see a child drowning far away from you. Or, or you, can, you can barely see, you just hear it, right? Yeah. But you know, no one's around and you're just like... I feel like that's maybe where they were trying to reach at. I'd still run yeah. to a child drowning, but like... <laughs> I would like to think that I would do the same, but the, I guess the, yeah. At what level does the inconvenience outweigh doing... Saving another life. Okay, well, when you phrase it like that... Yeah, that's, that's it's, exactly it's, where it's, I'm at. There is no level of inconvenience, but... See, that's the crazy part. I think some people would just walk walk off though. And that's why yeah. the experiment even exists to such a level. Like, that's why the example is literally a child drowning because they believe some people wouldn't even on such of like, ab- like absurd sort yeah. of scenario. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like real world application. I'm not traveling like, and it's just evident through my actions that I'm not traveling to wherever to save someone who's uh, in slums or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, for everyone, there is a line where the inconvenience outweighs. I see what you mean. Yeah. It's like, it's far. You can't see. Therefore you don't help. Right. Yeah. Or just even the inconvenience to hop on a plane and go over and to then feed them and and such. What if you just don't have the like the, the capacity. literal capacity to do it? Yeah. Well that's not just an inconvenience, that's literally just inability to. Yeah. I guess you. Yeah, I see that. If I was super rich I'd be able to. But <laughs> I work for minimum salary and then just like literally try to like literally cope with the amount that I get. 
yeah how, well, how would see, someone at that position travel to another country to help someone else if they barely can make it themselves that's that's a stretch i can make yeah, it myself and, but and, like and, <laughs> and that hypothetical person <laughs> sounds like the one needing help right but i get i get what you mean yeah in my in my eyes i see that as the inconvenience of getting to a point where you're able to help but yeah i understand what you're saying so but no that was it's an interesting thought i think it was with you who I was talking to a very long time ago though but it was just like this psychological experiment on um on uh what what's the word that i'm looking for it's um responsibility or accountability so it's a psychology test on accountability okay and it was basically like uh people at war right so you have the you have the people giving the orders you have the officers and then you have the soldiers basically yep the hierarchy and the, the whole idea was sort of to debunk this idea of holocaust and like um wait what well would you do it you know oh yeah would you would you cause that amount of harm knowingly because you're there you're not (laughs) you you are self-aware of what you're doing yeah yeah and it was trying to show that humans have this psychological like phenomenon which goes along the lines of someone's on top of like someone that is has higher power than you tells you to do something and you will do it because you're under their command and you will do it but you'll do it and give the excuse that that wasn't your like decision it was someone else's decision and therefore you're not accountable yeah technically for it i've i've i've, I've heard this is does it involve electricity the, the experiment you're thinking of? Yeah, it is. So basically they have this person on the other side yeah. and um, you are told to press a button. Yeah, to deliver a certain amount of electricity volts or, yeah. or such. So you know how many votes you're putting in and you can hear the screams of the person on the other side. Yeah. And, and someone's telling you to put it in and yeah, and it relays a scream back. Yeah. And then there's a certain threshold where if this were real... That, vol- that voltage would would kill them yeah and yeah or just cause a lot of suffering was the idea i think theoretically it would be it would be killing them yeah. like it would it would it would kill them this specific like almost the last time that they have to do it yeah but yeah i i've heard this yeah and then the like there's so so few people will be like oh. oh it was a it was a higher percentage and it was dependent on the country as well so it kind of okay. varied everywhere. Um, I don't know if it ended up proving anything specific, like incredibly crazy, but it did prove that the majority of humans don't take accountability when someone's telling you to do something. Yeah. Um, with, with someone with higher power. Yeah, like no one would deliver that level of electric shock on their own. No. But because they're being told to, and they're, they're hearing screams. They're like, I don't know if we, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know and if the other we person should. is like, trust, do it. Just do it. That'll be fine. Yep. Yeah. And then you do it. And then, yeah, there's no, yeah, I get you. You don't feel in your the brain, accountability because he was telling me to do it. 
Correct. You are the one pressing the button. Yeah. It again, kind of talks to the same idea of distance from the behavior. Yeah. To the cause. You still can hear it though. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like they're playing like a... But see, that's the crazy part. I think I would keep pressing it. I I think I would. Yeah. Just well, because I would have in my brain the idea that it is an experiment. I know this isn't real per se. <laughs> it's yeah. someone asked me to be here in in our world. No one's going to be killing anybody. <laughs> that's a massive issue with, so, with psychological studies. Like all like everything they you have they take into account a certain a certain variance in in data because they recognize that some people will be aware that this is a psych test yeah well <laughs> in what world are they actually killing someone? would you be killing someone you know yeah 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 <laughs> like it's not it's not a 100% legit no mood I guess. no but there are movies about this um, so I was talking to someone about it recently where I have not watched it, kind of want to watch it now, but it's about this kid who is training to be a soldier. And at one okay. point he gets put on a simulation in which he thinks a simulation, but it's real. Oh, does this end his game? <laughs> Maybe. I'm not too sure. And he gets sent to like this mission and he just like, kills a bunch of people oh, send dude. his own people i love i'm getting good i love this movie and then he walks out <laughs> yeah this and is- they tell him that it was real because they're like celebrating yeah this is end, end his game and a, he a says phenom- phenomenal like, well, movie. okay i need to watch it because it sounds really good and it basically falls into that right it's just, yeah it feels bad. it isn't real <laughs> it feels bad that they've spoiled it for you but yeah like i guess i'll just continue to go oh should i spoil it for people who want to listen Spoilers, okay? <laughs> but basically, this alien race attacked them and they're training people to go and launch an attack to get the aliens back so they don't ever take over our planet ever again. Mm-hmm. So this kid goes into the academy. He gets selected and he joins this training program and he does all the trainings and stuff and then, yeah, it reaches the final training module, right? And there's an audience, more or less. Mm. And it's all the aliens at their home planet. And he like incinerates the whole planet, everything. Like the whole alien race. And everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, ah, oh, it's sweet. And Let's the, go to the real mission. And, and then he's like, everyone's celebrating way too heavy. <laughs> and they're like, they've been defeated. Yeah. And then he has the angst of destroying an entire population yeah. of like an entire species on his hands. I didn't. I didn't have the spoiler before I watched it, hmm. and yeah, it left me with like a, a state of like, oh, what? Because I thought it was still in the simulation. It was yeah, a crazy movie. Yeah, I was. Yeah, while people were saying that, it threw me back to Black Mirror sort of episode. <laughs> yeah, like wow, this is that is shock worthy. <laughs> it, it, it 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 had shock value to it. Um, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. A crazy movie. I thought you were going to mention the off the back of accountability coming from authority. Mm. 
I thought you were going to mention the prison experiment. That one is a good experiment. And how people... I watched it with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard about it in in psych lecture. Mm. But yeah, how crazy is it? The people will assume their roles. It's amazing. Should we explain? So... Sure. Basically, you have a set of random characters yeah, and so they're put in the prison environment. They select a few to be officers, a few to be prisoners, and they start the experiment. Yeah. So this was a legit prison that they or like they recreated a prison mm-hmm. in Sanford Sanford University is that at Stanford I can't remember Cambridge maybe who knows it's the Sanford <laughs> prison experiment yeah, okay. yeah they recreated a prison planned for it to go over the course of three months uh, yeah they had selected a bunch of officers and a bunch of students parole, random characters paroles, basically yeah people to play 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 the prisoner role and they gave the they gave they gave the prisoners like aviators so that you can't see through them batons and full uniforms prisoners you mean the officers oh the officers yep. yeah my bad my bad and yeah more or less they expected this thing to last three months there was supposed to be no violence you're not allowed <laughs> to touch the prisoner it ended in a day <laughs> it ended in three days Prisoner in a day? I heard it was a day. Oh, maybe a day. I thought it was three days. But yeah, yeah it was like unjust punishments were given to the prisoners. The prisoners were beaten. The prisoners revolted. Yep. And the people who were putting on the experiment were like, we need to shut this down. It's, it's a crazy experiment. Yeah. And the people who were the prisoners were selected from a bunch of, like, a bunch of different personality types. They weren't the type of people and this is why the study was so fascinating because well the study was also to prove that a confinement doesn't actually help inmates yeah or the officers yeah that i think primarily it was (laughs) people assume their roles like the role you're given will change how you act yeah I'm, I'm was, pretty sure it was about the confinement system as yeah, well because that is literally what we use in all around the world to try to fix people and it just doesn't. You commit a crime when you're young and then you go to this place where you do not become better. <laughs> you, no. Your tendency is to become worse. I can see it. And then... I don't know how about how how bad it is in Australia, but I know like America reinitiating life in the real world after prison is borderlining on on impossible. Apparently, if, when right? you, when you're trying to find rent and start or house to live in or place to work out, if you're a felon or a criminal, yeah, I went through a no, little no phase. Let alone the amount of technology change that goes on. Oh, one hundred percent. you're in there, imagine you're twenty years in prison. That's wild. You go in when you're twenty. <laughs> yeah you come out when you're 40 like the amount of advances there will be no one will know you hmm. you won't even know how to contact them yeah crazy. i had a phase where i watched the toughest prisons series yeah. yeah yeah i had stopped it was it was just making me anxious at some point because he actually does go to these prisons i don't know I couldn't tell you who goes with him, but I know there's a cameraman there, you know, so he's not completely yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. he's not completely off, but 
they can get murdered. Those people are pretty dangerous people unless they're like higher characters and we just don't know. But it seems like a legitimate show. Wait, is he like acting as an inmate? He's not acting. They know he's not. Well, no, actually he goes okay. in. Well, yeah. he has a cameraman. It's clear that he's... So there's a cameraman for following around the, 100%. New, the new guy at the prison. Is that what yeah. it is? Oh my God. <laughs> but like he goes into these prisons with like... He went to he went to one in Africa where they have yeah. the, the most um, people inside a prison for rape and murder. Oh my God. That's and is wild statistic right and whether you have like a cameraman with you that's nothing those people are like dangerous he went to one in tijuana mexico it's one of the worst prisons but the idea that the point that i was trying to make right (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. the he ended up going to one in sweden at one point Mm. which is one of the ones that they tried to Put people back into their lives while yeah. in prison. I was about to say, Sweden doesn't sound like it's going to have pretty horrible prisons. <laughs> no, it's really interesting, actually, because they have these people in for murder mm. and atrocious, like, crimes. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. And they're just treated normally. They can come in as they please from the jail cell, which has a bed, has a TV. You can stay on the cell if you want. Um, you get, like most prisoners, you get a role inside the prison, but you get yeah. paid for it. Unlike yeah. other prisons where you have to... Um, oh, that's just your daily work. Yeah. But it's expensive to maintain such a facility. Is the is 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 where this guy was trying to contrast. Yeah, okay. right. Because imagine... There is a cost associated with it. There's a huge cost because, but 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 is it worth it? Is is the? Did they reach a conclusion? It's still going. It's I think it's more for you to decide. Yeah. Rather okay. than for him to tell you, he tells you the things that he thinks, and then it's more of your idea. It feels worth it. It. I, it feels worthwhile. It feels worthwhile, but there are people who... Like, are there people who would change? You know? I think... I think um, there is a small minority of people who will not change. Yeah. And should be sent to somewhere without those privileges if they're a repeat offender or such. But see, even there, if you are a repeat offender, you just go back and yeah, you have, you, like, yeah, psychology treatment. Yeah. And they like it there. They still get money. <laughs> they send it to their families from prison. That's wild. It is wild. But they're still making... You know what would be cool? if I think they have that in Brazil, actually. But where prisoners do goods to the community. Not, not hefty. <laughs> not hefty as... But like community service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not hefty crimes, but... Someone that you would trust within the community <laughs> still. <laughs> to prepare food or something for yeah. <laughs> for a bunch of people. Yeah. I don't know much, if anything, about prison outside of movies. Mm. But yeah, I assume that your job is going to be based on those things. <laughs> I would assume so. Whether or not you're 
cleaning clothes versus, versus being in the kitchen. I bet, I bet you there's a whole politics to it. <laughs> there's huge politics to it. In prison, I don't know. I, th- I think most prisons adopt this. They have their own morals that they decide inside. So a murderer is chill, but a child murder, murderer, not, not chill. Okay. So they have to be in a separate confinement to most of the inmates. You think they care that much? They hella care. If you're yeah. a child rapist, you probably will die in prison. Well, that's what I mean. I'm like, so why select where he goes? <laughs> why not know. just like, ah, you're oh, going you mean in prison, the, I'm just putting you in You mean in the prison. officers? It's a good question. Yeah, I was kind of like, well, yeah, why why separate them, hey? Just chuck them in the cell and... Well, the idea... They, so, did, they did their crime, they can... No, but, but the idea of prison is to, not to get them killed, whether or not you like the crimes that they did is no. is what we've chosen in now. Um, it it's the whole idea of ethics, right? So, um, why don't we kill prisoners anymore in most countries? Because we decided that they pay for their crimes and that they can be rehabilitated into their normal lives after. Yep. But that doesn't happen, which is the problem. <laughs> Inherently, the problem with prisons. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how true that is, but um, which part that that isn't the case for the majority that they can rehabilitate themselves. Yeah, like I, I without knowing anything, without having any data in front of me, I would like to think that the majority are not repeat offenders and don't go back to jail. Australia seems pretty good with it. I don't have data on Australia, but but I have like met people that went to prison and they were chill people so yeah um dude i mean there'd be a lot of time to confront thoughts but that's not the problem the biggest problem is even if you come out of prison you don't have a clean um how's it called you don't have a clean clean record record anymore so people won't hire you yeah and i've 100 percent heard of people who enjoy life in jail especially after 30 years or so again this is only through the news and such but i've seen this this is all they know but that's where my friends are yeah and the only way you can get back there is to commit another crime so what do you do well if you if you get out of jail let's say you are on a lucrative business before you went to jail and that's yeah. why you are in jail right so let's say this person or this individual was selling drugs yeah got caught let's let's move away from australia because i actually don't know much about australia incarceration um but let's say um i'll I'll talk about brazil because that's probably the one that i know the most because that is the one i had most contact not personal contact but yeah i definitely feel like it's at the extreme end of the spectrum it's not though it can get it gets worse brazil is like it's bad but it's not the worst (laughs) okay okay um it gets worse <laughs> unfortunately oh i believe i believe i'm just like yeah in fact i even watched the one that he went to brazil <laughs> and you're like damn actually guys everyone was so cool they were like <laughs> they were so like accepting of this guy this random dude, dude. they're like hey man thank god sort of thing and damn. a lot of people turn to god when they're in prison apparently it seems at least a lot of people go to, to jail and they're already into God a lot. It, it's that, a very that, strange that would be relationship. A wild phenomenon if religiosity increases after going to prison. 
well what else are you gonna do inside i guess right that's what i mean this i i only had the thought not longer i was like yeah but any distractions it's like you can no <laughs> pick up your phone they have priests i mean at least in brazil i guess they have libraries and books and stuff but yeah was it yeah jeffrey Dahmer? i think he was yeah he got um christened in prison real yeah yo huh <laughs> that is wild and he got murdered but <laughs> oh wow yeah they got christened in prison god was really there to protect him hey Oh, look that if if you watch the thing yeah cuz I, I looked I looked uh, like at it after like the whole what occurred but it it seemed like a I haven't I don't know anything about Jeffrey Dahmer It's a very very interesting story. I rather enjoy that. It was not that good, but like just um showing how well just how an individual it, can get to that state. Dude, that's a I yeah, I I find that stuff amazing. It's fascinating. How, how some of the the early stages go over, go under the radar and how it like slowly builds up. Is that kind of what it addresses? Yeah. No, but see, we, we don't see much about this. I don't... And I, it seemed very true because of the videos that you see of him in real life. Him saying the same thing where he is just saying, for example, oh, I knew it was wrong, but... And every time the door would knock, it would just make me scared. He was one of the first people who he got caught and just spilled straight away. Everything. Yeah. He just started speaking. Yeah, I murdered this guy. He is exactly at this point. You can find him there. You can find this other person in this other place. Because he obviously had mental yeah, issues as well. Kind but of just something he did for fun that or gave him a rush. A huge that, rush that he knew was wrong, and then when he was caught, he's like, "Well, I know that this is wrong. I understand the consequences." Mm-hmm. My God, he got pleasure from um, organs. What's it's like playing with them. Ah, uh, so I I read into this because I thought that was so interesting. <laughs> Apparently, males have this thing for shiny things, like more than females in a in a evolutionary sense we we like more shiny things because for example you have um it, it shows value well no it's it's, it's it's sex pretty much it comes from procreation so you have for example the vagina gets wet when you are like ready to procreate or something of the sort so it's like a sign or something i can't explain it it was very interesting though the the explanation that's a a good example on top of i was thinking it a very shiny things represent value represent status yeah but why that is why is that and i yeah apparently there is a reason to it that would be to increase mating yeah chances um i guess it could go further back but even in your example for sexual reproduction just like straight up it makes sense. That was the one yeah. that this psychologist was talking about. It makes sense about. that we would be like, yes, I like shiny thing. And apparently there's a phenomenon where when... Because shiny thing has led to, yeah, yeah, reproduction and such in an evolutionary sense. Yeah, okay, continue. <laughs> well, apparently when you like 
cutting something and that doesn't just happen to Dhamma obviously they're people who hunt you know and they yeah. they still take the organs out apparently it's pleasurable for a lot of people out there huh yeah I, is it bad but I can see it I can kind of agree I can see it without ever doing it I can understand it'd be warm I used, I nice. used that's exactly it I used to like cleaning fish when I was younger I'm so huh. glad I didn't become a psychopath I think. <laughs> okay, psych- but yeah, that's something you're born with, like a lack of the specific hormones and such. That, is that it? That yeah, like you can't feel any empathy for mm-hmm. any anyone or anything. That's interesting. Is, is you're born with it, or is that something that I you... think you're? I think you're born with it. It has something to do with your brain activity. That's interesting because a lot of people do become because of their issues while being kids become a psychopath yeah so they have for example bad like parents with like terrible um i mean i, I don't feel... mean bad as in like someone arguing i mean like someone no like very traumatic experience yeah someone like yeah, being a little okay. stabby even i have never heard this i thought that it was just outright you're born a psychopath and that's just how your brain operates is wired but you know maybe i'll go look it up because it'd be an interesting look up i i don't I actually know i have heard this i wouldn't be surprised that your brain could develop such a condition in the early stages of development well it would make sense right if you i've heard this about anxiety and adhd um, from a psychologist talking about it whereas like you are growing up you have something that you don't want to think about or as a child the first thing you try to do is put those traumatic experiences away um yeah so for example you have a parent you have parents who fight a lot you just you you always tune it out so that causes your brain to always use that as a um coping mechanism and it just becomes a habit pretty much yeah okay yeah um, and i can see an argument for you become desensitized to it to violence for example yeah especially if you're just like killing little insects yeah imagine if you and are the it one slowly leads to wanting to kill bigger things like and you don't necessarily have to be a psychopath to be a no mass murderer no or a serial killer you could but, you could just have been very mistreated as a child as well there's people there, there are kids who get like terrible experience as well being kids I think you can to even, themselves I think you can even do it if you're a well loved and looked after kid it's just like you just develop this mm. unseen oh I like killing bug and then oh and then you kill a bird and then like, just slowly as you develop you do this and no one sees it no one addresses it see that was apparently what happened to Dom uh, ish 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 his mom was popping drugs while he was on her belly still while she was pregnant oh lovely yeah yeah that would definitely stunt someone she, she was a little little crazy well <laughs> yeah but so oh, it was just a dysfunctional marriage can't yeah. can't blame her without knowing anything about this person like <laughs> why was she popping drugs who knows you know <laughs> yeah yeah okay God, yeah, everyone has their reasons huh yeah <laughs> yeah a majority of people have their reasons nowadays how crazy is that eh <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> i was listening to some statistic of how many people are taking 
um, ADHD medications nowadays, and it's an insane amount. Real? Yeah, it's crazy. It was on the. Millions. I was listening to someone actually today talk about how. That's like a photo of it actually. About how ADHD. In a lot of cases, is just circumstantial, to the way that you're living your life and and such. You're not getting the serotonin and dopamine required, whereas. Wait, we're talking about ADHD. Yeah. I think I was talking about the wrong thing. Maybe. I was thinking talking about depression, which doesn't really have a tie. Depression is a crazy one. I don't don't understand it very well, I don't think, anymore. No, to cover up the topic of what I was talking about anyway, it was kind of just like this. Depression is an inherent chemical imbalance in your brain. Makes sense. But I think he was talking about the idea that it might be difficult to confront that it's potentially a surface level circumstantial thing that is giving you sadness mm-hmm. and being conflated into depression. Mm-hmm. I guess I feel like it's the same case with ADHD for Maybe. as as a point to give medication. See, I don't understand it much, but I know things are mass dis- like prescribed nowadays because. Yeah obviously the pharmaceutical companies are making hella money from it and also it sounds discriminative if someone is getting that medication while you're not but you feel like you have the same thing and it's impossible to prove otherwise yeah i get you so i see it i see it but dude i've i've been a kid before I've been a kid too. Dude, I think. I've oh. been anxious. You, 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 when someone tells there's something wrong with you, especially when you're a kid, you will feel that wrong. <laughs> you feel a little right. hurt here and then it will increase when you think more about it. It's just... It's and natural. That's yeah, and that's... I guess... I, I'm probably... I'm talking a lot to depression and not to ADHD, which is what we were supposed to be talking about. I'm but talking like, about anxiety right now, but... Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm using depression as an example as to how things just get pumped up to the next level because mm. it's kind of difficult to confront this idea that you're just sad it's kind of like it hasn't depressed is trendy as that as bad as that sounds but it is a little trendy like it sounds better than saying you're sad being this is maybe ghettos cancelled <laughs> yeah i was about to say we're going down a very weird route the potential for disagreement in the future but i don't care um it feels like m- being m- mentally unstable is becoming trendy or it's becoming a norm yeah i agree one 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 thing that i said once (laughs) and i liked it that i said it was if everyone has the same issue isn't that just the normality yeah (laughs) yeah i i tend to agree i mean yeah (laughs) Like, oh, I feel this way. And it's like, well, everyone does. No, but I need medication for it. Does everyone need medication for it? Yeah. So at, at what point does like how many people have to be prescribed on ADHD pills before? 153 people, million. Before, pe- <laughs> before people go, oh, like maybe this isn't. <laughs> 150 million in 2019, apparently. Out of? Of um, oxytocin. That's one medication. Oh, out of the population? Of Australia, or that's worldwide. Worldwide, like 
dude. I mean, that's a lot of people. That is a lot of people for one drug. That is only oxytocin, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a very strong one, um, and it can kill you <laughs> very easily. It's it's a it's a easy to OD one. Yeah, damn. I don't know enough about ADHD. Um, I don't. And that the, the the most that I know is but... about some psychological stuff that I heard. And it's just stuff that you can't prove otherwise. If someone says you feel this way, it's just really easy to just, as a doctor, to just prescribe it. And someone's making bank out of it. So you are being asked to prescribe right. it regardless. Like as a, as a per- personal anecdote, I think a psychologist said that I probably had ADD when I was young. Which is ADHD nowadays. Yeah, there's something about with, without the, without the end, like HD at the end of it. Yeah. without the without the that part um you know they were like you're probably the beginning part but you'll age out of it over time i think they changed it that's that's what i'm trying to tell you probably mm. okay if there's there's no longer add i don't think in, so and hey it's just adhd i remember saying it and someone okay. confronted me about it <laughs> i i, I <laughs> and my another, response was well <laughs> another point of research but regardless i have definitely been told by people or seen in short form like the suggestion that I'm ADHD, but when I look up personality tests, I'm it's just I'm just very extroverted, very hyper energy person, and I can see how easy that would be to be tied to ADHD and then all of a sudden get on medication as if it's a bad thing. I guess it, like I'm not I'm not not acknowledging the people whose lives are impacted by it. I can see how someone would profit off of it. <laughs> I've seen someone being very passionate about um, exercising and specifically cold plunges on the amount of dopamine to go to your brain and how if you could put that into a pill because that's the only way someone would be able to take it, especially those people who don't want to go the lengths to do it, to do it, to feel better. Because that's all it does, really. It, it, you, have, you have huge dopamine increases from like exercising, from throwing yourself in cold water. And there, there are scientific... It's, it's a scientific fact. Mm. It, it, it will help. There are, you, you literally don't need medication in a lot of cases if you just do that. But it's so much easier to just take a pill every day. A hundred percent. I love these examples where they take behaviors like exercise, like sunlight in the morning, mm-hmm. like cold exposure, and they frame it in a, if it was a pill and this pill did all of these things, you would take that pill. It'd be a miracle every, pill. Every day. Legit. You would. The, they tr- pharmaceutical companies try to copy that effect to the best of their abilities yeah for the good of people no (laughs) i told you about this i think i spoke about it on here ages ago but the south australia university did some research Mm. and found that exercise was one point time 1.5 times more beneficial to curing i don't know what mental health condition but or helping than any antidepressant or any drug could and they're trying to get it to be a mandatory part of what's it called like psychology or 
rehabilitation or something. And I they forget, didn't let it? I forget the word. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the avenue of someone who needs such. So, but interesting. To, it's it's out there. And yeah, people don't people want the easy answers. No, it is so much easier. Because why would I just get in a cold shower in the morning? Like, that's going to be too cold. I, I hate it. It's uncomfortable for me. And that's all it is. <laughs> yeah. But just get out of your comfort zone and you will feel better. I'm not saying everyone will benefit from it, but I'm saying the majority will. I can guarantee. <laughs> yeah. 100%. But the majority I, I, humans aren't mentally unstable. We just like to, we like it for some reason now. <laughs> yeah. But I can 100% empathize with how difficult it is to get that especially that mental the that mentality that ball rolling for the, in that aspect is when you're in such a state i i get it once, once the ball's rolling it's picking up these behaviors is a little easier but yes and no i guess i feel Sticking to them. I feel that until I heard about it, I didn't do it. And then once I heard about it, I did it. And it changed my life, literally. Yeah, I get you. But you were always someone who was willing to take on something that would put you outside of your comfort zone. Yes. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Is There's people who aren't naturally shifted towards... But how is the majority of population like that now? Is my questioning... Wait, what was that? What was How the is the majority of population like that? It's, it's... Or at least it seems to be like that, hey? Yeah. People who don't want to leave the comfort zone. Dude, everyone I talk to takes medication. Yeah, I guess I don't... It's not ever a topic that I bring up. But, um... Dude, I don't need to bring it up. They say it openly. <laughs> Where I used to work, everyone did. And I would hear what they were taking every day. <laughs> I've heard people connect over it, like bond over it. Like, oh, you also? Oh, hell yeah. You also in Prozac, bro? Hell yeah. Fist bump. <laughs> <laughs> See, that stuff, that stuff to me is wild. Kind of sp- I'm not trying to belittle, by the way, for anyone who's listening and is not enjoying <laughs> what I'm saying. It's just try it. If it doesn't help, fine. But at least try it. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I think I forget where. There's little scientific data for it. It's it's not a uh, it's not a joke. I know it's out of comfort off the comfort zone, but it's not it's not the end of the world. <laughs> it's very it's like the it's one of those, beginning. If of we the take world. it back to framing it as if it was a pill. Or a different type of medication. You might have tried it already, you know? You would have. Or if what you're on currently isn't working, just consider another another medication that could work. Mm. Frame it like that, possibly. I don't know. But... Mm. It's insane. I don't... Yeah, I don't get it very much because yeah i think at the heart of it for me i really feel like i again i acknowledge like i studied psychology i i recognize that there are 
mental health conditions and they're serious. One hundred percent. It just really feels like those conditions are being taken advantage of. But see, also the one of the reasons why I feel so passionate about it is also because when I was going through a tough time, I had a choice, very clear one. And the reason why it was a choice is because it, they were presented to me, right? If it wasn't f- like for you, for example, I probably would have been taking medication now, for example, okay. because I, I wouldn't have heard of any of these benefits regardless. But because I was at work and everyone was talking about all these drugs and I was feeling sad. That's it. I think a lot of it... It is, was very easy to fall into it. I think a lot of it is conflated with very surface level issues. And it's really difficult to just kind of admit that you're sad and try and confront such a thing. But Maybe try journaling first. <laughs> Whoever's listening. <laughs> right? That is the uh, first. Maybe don't even exercise first. Just debate with yourself why you don't want to exercise. Yeah. Have we, we've spoken about journaling before here. I think so. We must have. It's so beneficial. It's probably the most beneficial one above exercise for me. It's the craziest thing. I was thinking, I like, obviously a lot of my thoughts I discuss with you, but when I go travel, I reckon I'll be using the journal a lot more to discuss certain different points of dialogue. Yeah, it develops a relationship with yourself that is, is crazy. We all have thoughts in the shower. And the ability to deep dive into them and explore them is fun. It is. It really is. Debating. I don't know how you journal. Everyone journals differently, but I love debating with myself. Just (laughs) questioning. Yeah. Why do I feel this way? Yeah, okay. Why? (laughs) And just keep going on that deep, dark hole that sometimes some very deep stuff comes out, but it's... Yeah, you sit there and you're just like, I don't... <laughs> is this... Like, I, I guess I have to answer this question. Now. It always ends with a resolution, though. Okay, that's nice. Or the majority of the time, at least. Not always, but... Yeah. I guess I generally feel, and you probably do too, that you can't... It feels weird to leave the thought without the solution. See, uh, the, the thing is, though, the solution doesn't always necessarily mean an answer to your problem. Sometimes, like, especially when stoicism was at its peak on my brain. Yeah. It was, a lot of the resolutions were, do I care about this? Is this worth at the end of the day? And the majority of the time was, this is not worth it. This is taking way too much energy from my brain. I would rather do something else. And that was the resolution. It wasn't the answer to the problem, but it was definitely the best resolution <laughs> yeah oh, it's crazy and it comes from deep reflection on what you do value and what and such right because yeah and then you're dealing with those things at the forefront of your mind otherwise you're not able to 100 percent realize that you're investing a lot of time in something that you don't you're not that invested in 100 percent. it's it's crazy what we value and it's crazy to really deep dive down and realize that not much does matter. <laughs> no. It's very crazy. Especially a lot of this surface level stuff. I was listening to someone talk about how the UFC champion, middleweight champion or something, he was talking about how 
we now live in this world where how much you matter and your character is all that is dependent on car you drive how you dress how you Mm -hmm. all this stuff i forget where i was going but ufc was it ufc no with a what's valuable Mm. i think a lot of people are tuning towards metrics you can see yeah i mean that is the only way you can perceive someone right yeah until you have a conversation with them and until you sit down and journal you don't ever realize what actually matters to you (laughs) and you just feels like you're continually playing this game i think it was you who said the sentence to me and i really enjoyed it i think you may be from n frank but it's um Oh, yeah, journals that, don't complain yeah this is yeah that is Anne Frank paper is more patient than people yeah I, I really like that yeah it's so right as well yeah the Ryan Holiday the stoic philosopher guy mm. he, he he was saying yeah and he elaborates on it saying like the paper doesn't care if you write something and then change your mind you contradict yourself the next day it doesn't the paper isn't going to ridicule you but if you start talking to your friends and you say one thing and then you change your opinion the next day it is you're an unstable untrustworthy person and like when you're writing stuff down in the journal like dissecting different thoughts the paper doesn't care see i really like ryan holiday and i really like daily stoic i definitely advise that book um if anyone wants to read it but I think it was literally two days ago where the quote of the day was basically along the lines of if you trip, you fall, but you can stand up. If you say something, it can't be unsaid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have that written down. My little, once the words are spoken, they can't be taken back. No, they really can't. And it's interesting because you can't even feel regret of it at one point, right? Because it's done. <laughs> Yeah, there's you no, can't do anything about it now, but or you can't you can, reflect on it and be like, "Oh, I wish I didn't say that," because there's a reason no. you probably said it. <laughs> probably, but you really, yeah, that that's where the whole impulsiveness comes, right? Especially in stoicism, is the whole idea of you shouldn't lead to your impulses, and you should be able to rationalize things prior to just spilling them out. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's crazy, especially with a medium like this, actually, where we just say things out of the top of our heads. Um, <laughs> Podcasting probably is crazy because we are just like instinctively going to different topics. Yeah, but I think we've talked about these things before and it's not as... Um, fresh, it's not as... Well, it's not just, that's not just as fresh, but it's, it, it's already our built opinion. So it's not something that we would regret saying, per se. Yeah. Yeah. Um, feel like a lot of things that are regretful come in form of arguments and discussions maybe sometimes when 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 the stakes for some reason feel higher even though they aren't <laughs> yeah you start getting oh what for saying things you regret well not that you regret but things that you just don't agree with and then it's harder to come back on your words especially on during the conversation yeah when it's an argumentative conversation yeah, when the emotions behind it, you're very, very clouded. Yeah, you're very likely to just not come back even if you don't agree with it. No, and to come back means to say it. Out, well, like, yeah, as you said, in the same conversation, 
very difficult. Yeah. Because you have to vocalize it. And you can't, it's not. You do. And it would just be a funny conversation after that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Be like, you know what? I hate you. Nah, I should really, I should really like you. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably a lot of people who don't take that, probably disagree with what they said and then don't ever take the recourse to correct what they said out of potential fear of losing the argument. Yeah, pride's a big one to overcome. Is it something to be overcome? I think so. I don't think pride is a positive. I guess it is one of the sins, hey. It's one of the seven deadly sins. Is it? That's not what I, even what I mean. It's just... No, I'm just trying to think when how you, to frame it. When you're a prideful person, even your impulses, you will try to save. There are things I think it's important to feel pride of. I think that's where my thing was... That's where my thought was going. Is this things I am proud of. But if you're a prideful person, that's a little bit different, I think. Because it comes across as, for example, you say something that you don't believe to me, right? And we are arguing about this thing and you will never back down because you're a prideful person. Even even though though you don't believe it. Wrong or you just don't believe it. Yeah, I stick by it because... Stick by it. Why? Because I said it and therefore... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with that. I I think in in my brain, it's, it's framed as stubbornness, but... I can see how it's pride. But you can be a good tool. And I think it's important to feel... In certain domains. Yeah. In certain domains, I think that quality is important. 100%. You do something that you like. You think you're good at it. You feel proud of it. You tell other people. You share. Yeah. You bond with other people from that. So I think pride is an important thing. Um, I think there are limits of how much, how cocky you become. Because that may affect the interaction. There's interactions that you have with yeah, people. Or, or arrogant if you don't have the means to back it up. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, you can be arrogant and good at what you do. But the problem is, are people going to really respect you for that? Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. Um, or it's like, if you're being arrogant about it, you better be <laughs> Yeah. one of the best. <laughs> Yeah, but if you're selling silly as well, you know, like or something that someone else finds silly and you don't. Yeah. Um, I, that is one thing that I find difficult to hold my mouth, and it's it's a learning curve for sure. Someone says something, and instinctively it's like, really, <laughs> sort of the <laughs> answer. Wait, what to them? You're like. Did you think before you said this? Almost thought. Well, the when they like, when they like something, right? They're they're not even being arrogant or anything of the sort. Isn't a playful conversation? They yeah. say, "Oh, I love doing this." <laughs> it's, the, <laughs> it's it's hard sometimes because you. I, I really try not to belittle people. It, it happens, but like, <laughs> I really try not to because that is not a good habit. Not at all. <laughs> no, it's bad. Because there's no positives to it. There's no gain whatsoever. No, no. You'd literally just come off as an arrogant individual. And there's... <laughs> I agree. I bet you there's people listening who probably go, he belittles people. Oh, what a bad person. But like, I think we all have these demons, if to say. But but he happens naturally that, as that well. That are like, yeah, impulse. And yeah, 
to, to that's get what a, I'm working a, on. At least I'm self-aware. Well, Check your it. privilege. I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I feel like to wrangle, you little people <laughs> to to wrangle that in to, that uh, uh, that impulsiveness is 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 difficult. Anything impulsive is uh, even identifying the is. negative impulsive behavior w- without like yourself is crazy difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being self-aware is extremely difficult, but it's so cool to be. <laughs> I don't know if you can agree with me on this one. I, I agree fully. There's an anal- there was an analogy that I heard once where it's okay. like, you smell bad, you can't smell it. Other people can. And when someone else smells bad, you can smell it. But it's really hard for the person who smells bad to know if they smell bad. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a lot of bad habits <laughs> and a lot of bad things are probably along the same lines. And it has some traumatic experience. No, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> that's just the analogy I had online. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I think I think on a certain I'm kidding. You don't need to. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I think on a certain level that applies to everyone. So no, one hundred percent. Would you sound a small bad man? I'm belittling you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair play. Fair play. Uh, <laughs> yeah. See, I'm bent. It's funny, but when it's just a casual chat <laughs> yeah, and you just throw something like that it's just like why brain <laughs> <laughs> it's just dug <laughs> there is a fine line I've seen it crossed once where it's like it could be banter in, but is in some world it could be banter but I'm like huh <laughs> that was actually just extremely dug yeah uh. You so, don't have so, the moral high ground. I've seen you do some no, <laughs> shady things. No. <laughs> is it too out of pocket to say takes one to no one? Is that <laughs> Man, I'm self aware. I already caught I already caught myself out ten minutes ago. You're late to it. <laughs> we start a um, podcast. We've we've called ourselves out probably yeah, first yeah. weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's been a big one for me listening to how I speak. Not even big. I only started doing it recently, but like crazy. I try listening to us. It's it's strange, hey? It's strange. It's strange. It's good. It's a <laughs> you just finished mid good. See, let me think about this. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you organize your thoughts so you can articulate them. I think it is a good medium for you to be able to listen to yourself and become a more articulative person. Yeah, it's also cool to listen to podcasts. I was listening to Elon Musk, and mm. what I just did, I learned from that podcast. Whoa. I've 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 seen people do it before and I've seen him do it before but listening to the whole podcast was crazy because every time he's asked a question or every time someone finishes a sentence he doesn't straight away start talking like most people do he takes a pause but like a long pause sometimes yeah really he articulates his thoughts straight after so he listens entirely what the other person has to say Without think like this is what I think at least, right? He listens entirely to the other person, and then once that person stops talking, 
he starts thinking about what he's gonna say huh and i think that's so much cooler because he actually takes in everything that person's saying and that talks to success right he's on top <laughs> of literally everyone yeah and i think it makes a lot of sense in that that is exactly what communication is like if you're thinking about what you're going to say next before they've finished speaking but most people do it though i mean yeah i reckon so yeah most conversations you just want to say it <laughs> yeah yeah your thought out out there yeah who cares what the other person said but with that being I'm said speak. <laughs> but with that being said i uh, meditation was the big one that pointed to this is that your brain's racing You're, like that's a it's a difficult thing to do is to sit down and or quiet your own mind while someone and just focus on something especially in the tiktok brain age hmm but you're trying to pay attention to what the other person's saying, so you don't. There, there is a clear thing that you should be paying attention to, yeah, and, and you're not. Yeah, I get you. That is nice. It's crazy, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy that it's crazy, but I, I, I do agree with it. It did, it did just make me self-aware of it, which is. <laughs> yeah, it made me self-aware of it the second you mentioned it. But <laughs> that's fine. We'll have more pauses on the podcast now. Yeah, more pausing. More Be just, ready. <laughs> more just silence. <laughs> no, it was weird listening to it. But it was interesting. Yeah, I can see it. He does that on interviews. People ask him questions. He's like, hmm. And it's funny to watch watch those <laughs> interviews because he's literally with his hand of his on his mouth just thinking about it the silence probably gives rise to a certain power with his words then it's on the power book right is it mm-hmm. sub be silent just don't speak much yeah don't speak much is is one it's careful it's a double-edged sword because if you don't say a lot and then when you say something it's stupid <laughs> I mean, I think that's what... Then we all, we all figured out. I think that's what power is, though. You still get to choose how you use it. And you can... It's just... Your words carry more meaning, more power when you speak, if you don't speak a lot. I think is that, that's what he was saying, right? I think so as well. Hmm. I think so as well. Hmm. It's... <sighs> I think this podcast is going for a while now and starting to get harder to articulate things, but... This episode is going a while. I was going to build on your idea of why podcasts are good. I've heard other podcasts talk yeah, about okay. it. So maybe this is, maybe it's just this epic echo chamber of all podcasts. is just like, yeah, we have the best medium, guys. <laughs> but it's a kind, it's a slowed down media, medium. Yeah, it's a slowed down media form. Yeah. Where you're sitting listening to people's thoughts and not like hyper consuming the next video, the next post, the next this, 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 this. And there are long content forms as well. So there isn't there isn't a change of subject every two seconds. Exactly. It's not constantly distracting. It's it's you're engaging in different thoughts and such. Mm-hmm. So for that that's why I like it anyway. <laughs> 
it kind of clicked the second they mentioned it and i was like oh yeah i started listening to one today and it was a funny experience because i just couldn't finish it yeah <laughs> but it was the, just this girl and i th- she sounded australian um but she was talking about the positives of being single in your 20s or why you should be single in your 20s okay and it was a i couldn't i couldn't listen to it all because i just it was just dragged on and i didn't fully agree with a lot of things but she did (laughs) she did a full research on it okay which was interesting um yeah i've heard shack Shaq and Neil said something similar. Okay. That he's, he wasn't going to let his kids date until... Which is like just a weird desire to control your kids. But like... She's not going to sure. let them? <laughs> yeah. He, he's not going to succeed. Yeah. He, he, he isn't... Yeah, right. That's, that was my thought. I was like, this is strange. Like, you're off, off the rip, you're... The second sh- you... Trying to control your kid. That's yep. crazy. <laughs> but like, he, he, was, he was saying, yeah that he wouldn't want it until like mid to late 20s so for the self-development but continue continue well, oh we're I having a conversation oh, no, I, I, I can't I, continue I, I, um oh, i thought i thought I, <laughs> I thought i cut you off man that's why no I, no 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 that was that was a good <laughs> you're like this lady's podcast wasn't even that good wasn't even worth talking about well it's it was basically i'm not going to further in i thought it was just an interesting concept to dive into it is an interesting concept because I've been in relationships up to now, pretty much. That's this is the first time I've been properly single on my twenties. Yeah. And how does it feel then? <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about this. All right. Um. Yeah. I. I. It's an interesting one. Right? I know I say this a lot, but it is... It truly is. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this one's more interesting. Trust me. Um, see, I truly believe you can find yourself. Well, I don't believe in finding yourself, first of all. I don't think someone ever finds themselves. No, I very much say. believe in a development of the self. Yeah, I believe you're always changing. You you are on a state of change. And that is, in most philosophies, what they say, right? I was reading into Taoism. I was reading into Stoicism. I was reading into um, Buddhism. Mm. All of those is just you are always in a state of self-development, basically. You, you you always can improve more. There's never... You can reach enlightenment in Buddhism, but that's the only philosophy that I've seen that you, you reach a peak. Yeah, and even the term improvement is kind of hitting on the wrong notes of just change in general, mm. for better or for worse. There's no determiner, but... No, exactly. Um, you you're just forever changing, per se. You, you, exactly. You're not always. Yeah, deve- you're not always developing. improving either. You, there are times that you will notice that you aren't doing the right thing, and therefore you will change upon that. Yeah. Um, we are humans. We will never be perfect. Is is just uh, you can do the best you can, and people can see you as the best ever, but you will never. I don't think, at least. Yeah, um, I mean, I think you can create your idea of what perfect is and you can become that, but 
I don't think that that is an inherent for everyone. I agree. And I believe that reaching a state like such just means you become comfortable. And I don't, I don't think comfortability, this, this is, this is a thought that might change in the future. I don't know, but as is, I believe comfortability is not, um, personally a positive thing. Um, because once you reach comfortability, it means you're not challenging yourself anymore and there's something wrong. Um, yeah, at least is the way I see it. That's the way I see it too. It's probably a good factor for how we get along so well. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of people who would disagree with that or personality types that disagree with that. Yeah. I mean, there are people who like feeling just comfortable and that is completely okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think our comfort comes in the rush and the excitement of being outside the comfort zone. Being Staying in one spot for too long is not comfortable for myself anyway well it feels good to have a full day and then you lay in bed for example and you're super tired because your day was full and you just you just release all that dopamine it's just it's just amazing to finally feel comfortable for a very (laughs) small period of time after an entire day relaxation it's yeah and I wouldn't ever have found that if I wasn't single. I do believe there is a possibility and I do believe there are people who can do that during relationships. Wait, you wouldn't have found what? That I am like that. Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Because I definitely became comfortable being in a relationship and I stopped changing. I stopped improving and basically just because and that's apparently that is very common with a lot of people I, I don't know how common it is but it's something that is talked about where someone just well <laughs> my old manager said this right mm. where I had I had lost weight and we for some reason we started talking about that and he was talking about my previous <laughs> self let's say and he was explaining how I was a bit chubby. He literally said that. I'm like, yeah, bro. <laughs> I mean, by the sounds of it, you got a couple of those comments. So I was like, brother. And he's like, no, well, I've already changed. So there's nothing to feel angry at that point about, but no. And if anything, grateful, but yeah. Yeah. And the other person was also like, what? He's like, no, Whoa. not chubby. Like, do you know when like someone <laughs> when someone gets comfortable in a relationship and the other person's like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it seems to me it may be That's wild. Um, a common thing. I don't know. I have not done extended research on it. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard based on evolution, that's why a dad bod is desirable because it signifies that comfortability, that stability. We spoke about this, Did didn't we? we? Yeah. Huh. True. Didn't I tell you this? <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, it also. What is this, David? You, I mean, it also feels like recycling information to me. No, buddy? <laughs> trust me. 
I mean, it also feels like a pretty natural conclusion to derive, but... <laughs> I remember this conversation very clearly. Oh, good God. Well, I don't, so you're probably right. I was even talking about how, like, back in the day, and we have statues of this, of, like, ladies being extremely fat, because that, that was the norm. Yeah, that was wealth. And that signified means you can wealth. afford a lot of food. Yeah. Yeah, I get you. There are images of it, like, statues all across the globe pretty much where that was hella desirable um and it makes complete sense of why it is (laughs) yeah but it's interesting how our brains change why that well our idea of like what is desirable right yeah it's it's interesting because i would have a different we have this idea of desirable than you for example 100 percent, and i think we have discussed this previously in where depends on what you're optimizing for as well mm-hmm. if you're optimizing for a short-term relationship you're going to be looking for a different type of person I'm pretty sure that's all the same than comment. someone who <laughs> yeah no this is it this is what i mean i'm like i definitely remember saying this before <laughs> like you, yeah you're looking for a different type of person if you're looking for a long term yeah. so the preferences are different between people and even in the one person what you're looking for will change it is interesting how your body images that though don't you think that that it's natural? Yeah, like uh, I'll settle for someone with a dead bod. Yeah, when you're looking for a husband, but when yeah, but I won't settle. But when with you're looking for, for pick a, someone up on the club, I won't go for a muscular. Well, not that, but like just muscular in general. Yeah, sure. I won't settle for that because that <laughs> doesn't represent. Because I'm sure no one really goes through that on their mind, or at least I wouldn't hope so. But. <laughs> I really hope people don't design their partners like that. But they're like, oh, this person is very interesting, but only for a short-term relationship. <laughs> I reckon that I reckon that happens. Well, albeit consciously or subconsciously. I reckon that... I think subconsciously, yes. That's what I'm saying. I don't think... Oh, you don't think people sit there and... Well, I hope consciously people this. don't do that. Because, like, if you find someone interesting, their body shouldn't really matter that much, right? I agree. While at the but same time... There's going to be a certain outwards appeal of them is what's going to get you to start talking to them. But, like, I see what you mean. Well, that's more... Yeah, you're right, actually. I was going to say that is more nowadays, but probably... That, that really isn't, right? <laughs> I see what you mean, though. Like, if you're talking about different... Look, I'm not shaming anyone here. Body types and such. Nah, <laughs> if if was... that's the way you found, then that's the way you found. Look. Hey, look, there's someone for everyone, I believe. Yeah, so. everyone has... Yeah, I think so. There's so many people in the world, there's no way. <laughs> not at all, not at all. But um, but to continue the tangent, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't think I would have ever changed as much as I've I have in a relationship personally i think it's very difficult to if you are and i think there's an interesting stage for me personally i haven't dated in my 20s but for some reason there is a lot more development going on now than pre like 20 21 22 year old Mm -hmm. maybe just this year so yeah, maybe you're right in that the development would be harder to undergo. 
especially if this person's chose you for a specific reason and you to develop need, means to become someone different but that happens in a lot of relationships people grow apart people do become different yeah. people yeah so yeah I don't know maybe if you wanna yeah it's an interesting it is possible I'm not saying it's impossible people do it it's just um, personally it was hard and I knew I was I've always been <laughs> kind of self-aware of things and that just made me completely sad and depressed seeing myself like gain weight for example yeah I being get you. and and thinking to myself for example this is not me and the insecurities that come from it as well because dude and i i don't know how other people have felt this and and this is very personal i don't know why i'm saying on a podcast <laughs> but um, released to the millions but i think i think this is interesting and i don't think i would be the only person that ha- would have been through it but you you start seeing yourself change and you start feeling very you start feeling pity for yourself because you can stop that from happening but you're not doing anything to stop that from happening so if if it's just happening you're not self-aware of it sure i don't know how yeah, that works it? but i was fully self-aware of what was going on and even ah, oh, dude when you're with a partner that you genuinely find attractive as well you start thinking like i am becoming less attractive and i can see that the amount of thoughts that come in like oh i'm scared that'll happen to me (laughs) i don't i think i've reached i've done enough of enough in my life that i feel like it won't but i understand what you're saying i've thought of it before dude the thing is we're going through this and that's what i'm saying (laughs) you need to go through what we're going now for example yeah this has to happen in order for you not to feel that way because well one either your will feel more confident on yourself so gaining weight won't be an issue for you or two you won't you just won't let that happen either one or the other you're still safe you, you what really matters is not really your body per se is your mind right yeah agreed your body doesn't matter like your body's a tool sure we've we've talked about this right yeah and if if your mind is strong enough to not let intrusive thoughts in you becoming a completely different person physically wouldn't change your mentality yeah like people for and uh, this is a completely different example and i didn't go through it so I could be completely wrong, but let's say someone goes through a terrible accident, right? And that completely changes their body. It'd be like this stoic view to be mentally prepared for that to happen and just not feel pity for yourself and just know that, um, just know that's the way of life pretty much. It's just like, well, this happened to me whatever yeah. let's move on <laughs> keep going correct and and that see i wouldn't i would have never thought of this if i didn't become single at some point yeah. at this point i get that and finding this out later in life would be such a waste it would feel like a waste yeah i think that 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 ties it up for me that 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 last bit where finding out later would have been a waste i think 
like very very along the lines of you, you are who you spend the most time with like you take your five closest people you spend time with that's who you are and to tie and especially when you're developing your mind i think yeah tying yourself to one person like really close in the formative development tool years of how you, when you're growing up your early 20s i think it's just like it'd be a shock to have to figure it out later like i'm sure it works out if you get if that person goes through to marriage but yeah i feel like it can forever change as well which i find very interesting so it doesn't really matter what age you are you will you are able to change but just further in life i believe it becomes harder without having been further in life i agree (laughs) or just not harder but i think there's more restrictions you've made a lot of big commitments in your life i think so i I have a feeling a lot of people would come to these sort of realizations during midlife crises or something of the sort dude this is what well i looked into the lens right and i was kind of like huh okay Go to school, go to uni, get job, work all the way up to promotion, and get good job. I can see exactly that ending at 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that is what a midlife crisis is. Mm-hmm. When you don't take that self-developmental or that, or that big scope on what you want to do, I think that's how you end up at the at the midlife crisis yeah at a place that you were like i should have changed my trajectory that many years ago i don't know how much this ties back to having a partner in the in your early 20s but i I think that relates a lot because also going through the kind of development and change that we're going through now yeah well if if you think about it right when when you're younger well, we've, we've spoken about this. We, we become mini versions of our parents. We, In some way, yeah. We, we get their habits. You, we, it, I don't know if you've noticed, but when you were a kid, did you ever have like a best friend, for example, in which you do the same like quirky thing? A hundred percent. And that is, that's basically it. And it becomes a habit. It, you're not, at one point, you're not doing just for the meme of it. You're doing it because it became a habit. Yeah, you almost even a fake it till you make it stuff when you you be ironic about certain things and it just becomes part of. <laughs> and I think that happens forever. In relation to, well, let's say you have a partner, and yeah, and well, that happened to me, and I, I believe that would happen to everybody. You you get accustomed to their way of life, and they get accustomed to your way of life, so. Um, it it's just a matter of what way of life will be outweighed <laughs> which one will win in this sort of sense <laughs> so to speak there is there is a compromise there, there are relationships where people compromise that's why I don't agree with getting with people so different to you because it's likely that someone will have to compromise too much in the future yeah and it may be negative to them or to yourself but yeah. i've heard i've heard like similar things of where people don't want to get with people from a different culture due to like the possible roadblocks it has 
down, I see down it. the road. I see it. I couldn't before, but I, I see it now. Yeah. I'm just thinking on what you're saying and what we're talking about, about the longevity of life and having been in a relationship. It probably... It almost would resist change in a way if i don't know how out of pocket or how poor this is of can, can i add to what assumption? you're saying yeah sure i think comfortability makes you stop changing i think and so too. once you're comfortable it just sees yeah that's stop. it and then even if you wanted to you probably set up a life or you have someone who likes you for certain qualities and if you want to change those qualities it's almost seems as a restriction yeah, but sometimes you change for the worse in a relationship. Not just for the worse for yourself, sometimes. but the worse for your partner yeah, as well. Yeah, and go off a bit. Sometimes you change for the better. Well, yeah. That's what you'd hope. But do you want to well, do you want to hear my experience per se? It's sort of the idea of someone likes you because you are a certain way and you get with that person and that person just isn't that way and that's why they liked you because you strive something you um, you make them not oh, can I build? Not like be jealous of it, but want to become that. Can I build? I heard something. Sorry, I didn't, you didn't even respond. <laughs> yeah, I haven't finished. <laughs> yeah, continue. And basically, instead of that person becoming more like you are, you become more like that person. And at the end of the day, that person just stops liking you because <laughs> you've stopped being the person to strive on you've stopped being that ideal yeah yeah no that's nice that that is nice yeah it builds a lot more on on what i was gonna say it's just like a i heard it ages ago a very fundamental idea of how we choose friends Mm. is either someone you see yourself in or someone who you want to be like is generally just like whether you know it or not the paradigm that you're looking through mm-hmm. when choosing yeah, a partner or or a friend mm-hmm. but no I, I, lo- I love what you said I've never thought about it through the possible adaptation downwards having a negative impact on said friendship or relationship yeah well it depends how much you're willing <laughs> well no I believe and it it's I, crazy I, I believe it I feel like I've seen it happen probably without knowing mm-hmm. uh no i think it's a cool insight that's why i think being later in life as well in a relationship is better because you're more you're more aware of who you are rather than who you were so someone who stops being stop having a positive or something that they think it's a positive character someone who stops having that character clearly hasn't reached a point where they believe there was a positive enough character to To maintain. maintain yeah Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, like they're not... That is not them. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, not yet at least. Like this person hasn't developed that point where that actually is who they be. I mean, even though we acknowledge that we're existing in a constant state of change. Well, you haven't really formed a... Yeah, well, see, that's the thing though. You you have the constant period of change, but you also have development and you, you, you reach points of development, right? So you're like, okay, running is very simple example. Running is good. Stop running bad. Do better things. 
run more <laughs> or to run and swim better yeah or for there to be yeah value in what you're doing yeah is so we'll continue it yeah so you're like oh this is what i like doing and that that's that's the development point where you've reached and you know you like it and there's no reason you would stop it and then for some reason you drop it because you were someone who doesn't and you just you decide oh you know what yeah <laughs> fair so, enough so i wonder how many qualities instead of being like let's go let's go run <laughs> ah, yeah yeah i get it right like like a yeah i love this thing join it's just kind of like, yeah it was very replaceable yeah <laughs> it was a replaceable that, thing that kind of bleeds into what i was gonna ask or just raise is i wonder how many behaviors were dropped on the like i'm sure you loved them i see myself doing a similar thing but it's it's it'd be interesting to dissect how many of those things were in an evolutionary psych sense to get the mate and then you get the mate and it's like oh, i no longer need to do this thing yeah and how many of them do you just actually enjoy because it's a drug-like sensation that releases dopamine and, and serotonin and you're just like i actually just freaking love this thing mm. like running or exercise yeah right like there has to be like yeah i'm just wondering if there's a developmental point where exercise switches from something that you get, do to get a mate to just a release of the chemicals that would probably be a bigger indicator of whether or not you drop it that's that's where i think if you have something established it's something that you're going to keep going versus something you haven't have established yet so you're going to stop yeah yeah i see it because anecdotally i feel like two years ago it, it is behavior for me that would have dropped yeah whereas now it's it's part of me yeah so yeah yeah think things become easier to drop <laughs> once you haven't really thought about them so i really like journaling as well nowadays because when you don't do it you ask yourself why you didn't do it yeah i think it, i think it cultivates that mindset and i think that is the one of the most important mm-hmm. traits to have is this self-questioning yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I wrote on the journal this. It's like I, I might, I, I wrote along the lines of I might not write on you every day. I might like anymore at least. Yeah. I might sometimes take a while not to write again. But you've given me literally the best trait I like, which is I don't have to write to question myself. I can just do it on the go. <laughs> I can just think about something and question the thing that i'm thinking or i can be procrastinating and question why i'm procrastinating instead of just letting the feeling ride out i love that i reckon that's a good note to end end this on if i'm being honest <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah look i said that and now it's kind of like you can't really build on it and keep it going so <laughs> you're right you're right but no this episode was nice i think it's these new boom arms we get to sit back a little bit more a bit more relaxed with our tone if you hear it they're good they probably will sound different as well <laughs> the 
the podcast will probably sound different <laughs> I'm gonna, because of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost going to like keep the conversation going. Hopefully not much longer, but I reckon almost on a physiological level, we're a li- little bit more laid back, not hunched over, talking, uh, as well as the mic being closer to our mouths, probably has dual impact. It just becomes easier. I see it. Yeah. Well... Uh, well well quick disclaimer before we end (laughs) i had a good relationship okay it was great and i enjoyed learning from it as well it's just i believe that there are huge benefits on being single and learning about yourself versus that is probably the point that i was trying to make beforehand um learning about yourself and what you like and determining the the things that are part of you prior to engaging with someone else so know yourself beforehand is kind of my note but yeah sounds sweet sounds sweet anyway thanks everyone for listening we will catch you in the next one yes this is a long one and should have cut in two but that's fine (laughs) no that's fine the flow the flow was going the flow was flowing that's true Anyway, have a good night, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Yep. Catch you.